All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast. With your host, Terry Nasty Sotomayor, and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer, Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. This week's guest is a feisty in-your-face forward and Stanley Cup champion, Max Talbot. Time to face off. Alright, welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. What is going on, Nasty? Not much, Regs. I just know one thing, that the flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. I've been on you about this weekly. I hope you've been listening, man. I'm all Thanks over. to our Yeah, you better be. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently. I am talking about ball trimmers, baby. Ball trimmers. That's what I'm talking about, Riggs. Manscaped, the the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code KNUCKLES to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning, Riggs. Oh, it's a good time of year. It's a great time of year. Just ask Timmy Parr. Spring <laughs> has <Timmy> sprung. <laughs> TimmyParr.com. Spring has sprung and Manscaped has the best tools to get you ready. 
I'm just, I'm sick of hearing about you having to put band-aids all over your balls, Riggs. You got to use this thing. It's the best. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game and their amazing products. They are here to help you with your above-the-waist holes, too. Have you heard of their Weed Whacker? I have. Got one. I know. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Oh, you got to watch out for those delicate holes. Yeah, you don't want to be tugging in them. No more gross nose hairs flying in the wind, which, God, that's just not what you want. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered, 360-degrees rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped (laughs) is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to. Delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene as well, Riggs. It's important. Oh, I look forward to it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial so your ball stops sticking to your leg because I'm telling you what. When you said your balls are sticking down to your knees, I think, oh, that's a little more information than I need, Riggs, but it is, it's is—it's definitely the legit worst. No one wants that. No. You'll also find a crop reviver, spray-on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there, just like spring flowers. <laughs> Speaking of smelling fresh, complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit, Regs, and it will have you smelling like royalty. Smell good, feel good this spring. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KNUCKLES at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KNUCKLES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code KNUCKLES at manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you beautiful you gotta use the right tools nasty you have to do it you have to yeah i think the the flyers might have used the wrong tools this year i'm not sure i think they were some of the guys were given the wrong tools yeah yeah (laughs) you have to figure that out that wraps up a another season unfortunately uh, a little bit of a rough one especially towards the end, a little bit of a downward spiral. But uh, I still really believe that there's lots to look forward to going into next season. They got a lot of, you know, solid pieces there. And it's just refining, you know, each individual and, and finding some glue, you know, finding a couple yeah. veteran players in the offseason I think are important and, and building off. There's, there is the build off. Yeah, there's definitely some work to be done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest, you know, and, and I'm sure the guy's, yeah, say the same thing it. you know not shitting on anyone man it was just a it was a crappy year i mean you know guys try hard things didn't work it was just just a shitty year you can't make excuses though everybody dealt with covid um every team uh but uh i know the guys are disappointed you know you talked to some of the guys too it, it sucks man it sucks when you you know you're not going to the playoffs because that's what you play for uh even being you know, doing what I did for so long, man, that it's the best time of the year. It really and, is. You know, it, it, it's, uh, it's tough when you have games left and you know, 
you hate to say they're meaningless, but at the end of the day, they kind of are, except for getting to see some kids play, um, which, which is good, but I'd rather be in first place and let some of these kids play to rest your veterans, knowing you're going into the playoffs, exactly. but that's just not the, it's not the case this year. So um, some work to be done there. And um, unfortunately you're probably going to lose a couple buddies of ours that have been with the team for a long time. It's just probably going to have to happen, unfortunately, um, after this year and who knows what they'll do, but I believe in these guys and um, it's, it's, it's uh, I know it was ugly uh, at times and, but you know, they'll be back and uh, hopefully next year we're, we're like, we, you know, we said last night on the, on the post game show with Farzi and Broads, we're guaranteeing to make playoffs because it yeah, goes every other guaranteed. year, the last decade. So guaranteed. But, uh, you, guarantee it, <laughs> guarantee it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, it was uh, it wasn't pretty. That's for sure. Yeah, but the you know on the bright side of it all, there is still NHL playoffs and uh, yes, some some really great teams, some really great players. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see how this thing goes. I mean, a guy like Connor McDavid. I mean, this guy is on fuego right oh. now. I mean, I mean, there's no telling what what level this guy can take his game to. So. Obviously, keeping an eye on this guy. Um, and obviously, there's a few other guys around the league that you're going to keep an eye on um, um, for, for good reason because they're elite players and they're game changers. And, and, and you know, like the Toronto Maple Leafs legitimately have a chance to yeah, win a yeah. Stanley Cup, you know. And uh, but there's, it, there's other teams that do too. So it'll be... Um, It'd be interesting to see how this thing plays out, especially with this this bizarre playoff format for these first couple rounds, and then and then, and moving on. So um, yeah, it's 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 crazy to think like obviously we went through this last year. You raise the Stanley Cup is still the greatest thing in the world for the guys that it was their first time, and uh, but like it's a shame if Toronto did win that they can't win with fans in that place yeah, because right. they've waited so you know like or really for any team but any like team. that's a team that's waited a long long time you know just like we have here in philly it's 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 been a long time man but uh at least in the states here they got some uh you know some fans are coming back into the building and i heard i thought i was talking to mike mckenna the other day and i guess they're actually really bumping up the amount of people that are going to be able to come to the playoffs in Vegas, uh, if they there. make it to the yeah. If they make it to this, I think he said if they get to the second or third round, like each round is going to be more people allowed in the way they're going right now. I don't know the exact number, but he was telling me that. So um, it'd be it'd be nice to get more people into the stands for the guys, you know. And um, but when you're playing for the Stanley Cup, as you saw last year, you're playing for the Stanley Cup, and yeah. they're going to play hard no matter what. So, yeah, no kidding. Um, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I want to say one thing. I want to keep an eye on this Florida Tampa series. Cause I don't know if you've been following them at all, man, but it's, it's been, uh, I stay ugly, but in a good way, like yeah. they're, they don't like each other, those no. two teams right now. And, uh, they're going to be playing each other. I, I'm really interested in watching that one. Yeah. These first uh, couple rounds will be dog fights, right? I mean, these, yeah. these teams have played each other in nine times or something now, at least at this point and you know, you yeah. keep this momentum going. So, and then it will be interesting once they kind of move on out of those rounds, how this thing works itself out because it's new blood. You know, that rivalry yeah. is not quite there, but obviously you're still in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it'll be it'll be interesting for sure. But these first couple rounds will, will be really, really competitive and 
And um, I think there's going to be some upsets too. You know, I think there's yeah, a yeah, couple definitely. dog fights. All right, Nast. I think right, it's buddy. time we jump into our interview with Max Talbot. This interview was presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Big names are headlining this weekend's UFC 262 card from Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler. There will be no shortage of action. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, has a heavyweight offer this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash, Nast? I'm going to cash in. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right. Bet $1 on select fighters, and if they win, you win $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test and put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KNUCKLES when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code KNUCKLES to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters. For a limited time only, at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older, Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply in partnerships with Meadows, Racetrack, and Casino. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Settlemeyer. We're so pleased this week to have our good buddy, just a little prick out on the ice. Stanley Cup champion, big goals, Max Talbot. What's up, Maxie? What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing, doing great, well. man. How are you? Um, I'm doing amazing. I'm very excited to be a part of this. I've been uh, following what you guys are doing. Congrats. It's awesome. Thanks, brother. Thanks. I see you got the flow going again, Max, and that sick <laughs> Ron Burgundy stash, man. Is that for TV? What, what's going on? I don't know. You know, I'm just letting it go. I, I, I like the change, you know, and my son's letting, letting his hair grow with me. So, okay. uh, all right. And the mustache was actually for, yeah, some TV show last night. I just told the fan, I don't know what we were going to do a mustache because a, a lot of Habs are having a mustache right now. They're in a playoff run. Yeah. All right. So, uh, they, 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 you know, Petri, you see some guys are having mustache. So I challenged Guy Boucher. Remember Guy Boucher? Oh, the yeah. Sure. The, the Sands and the Lightning. So I challenged him to, uh, you know, grow a mustache for last night's show, and uh, he didn't. So, <laughs> well, it looks good. You got yeah, a good yeah. one, man. That's a good one. That's almost seventies pornish. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it's, what... coming, it's coming around a little bit. That's Big. exactly what I was going for. I've been telling Riles to to, to just do that because he's letting his hair grow too. So, yeah, letting her buck. He's letting yeah, her buck. You can't really tell him. with his hat on, but anyway, well, Max, COVID. what are you up to these days, buddy? Uh. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm, I'm first of all, I, my priority, I'm, I'm raising three kids with the wife, you know, and uh, after having a long career, you know what it is. And it's just, they're, they're amazing. And I got uh, a boy that's seven a girl that's five and a girl that's going to be four soon. So it's busy. It's fun. Uh, so me and my wife put a lot of energy into that. Uh, we're back home finally after, you know, being away from most hockey players do for 15 years and, 
and we have the grandparents around and uh, obviously COVID sucks, but we, oh. we have, uh, we have about 60 acres here. So oh, oh, wow. uh, we raised it. Yeah. We raised the chicken. I do uh, my own honey and maple syrup. There you uh, go. So it's, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's, maple syrup. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, oh sugar my. shack. So it's, <laughs> it's cool, man. Like we're, we're doing that. And then I, uh, as for, for work, I, I work a little bit on TV, you know, I had uh, 40 days this year, so it's not super busy, but I, uh, I host a, a show with my best bud, uh, X flyer, Bruno Gervais. Yeah. So we have a show That's called awesome. Max and Bruno. You can check it out on, on YouTube, uh, Max and Bruno, but it's in French. Uh, I don't know how many, uh, you know, fan, French national translator for the fans. Well, Hey, Hey, it's funny. <laughs> he, uh, when I was still with a team a year and a half ago, uh, we went into Montreal and believe it or not, I didn't go out, which never happens when you go to Montreal. I literally did not leave. I was exhausted for some reason. I didn't go out, but I'm flipping the channels and there's Max and, and uh, Bruno. And I'm like, I sent him a video and I'm like, I'm watching you too, but I don't know what the fuck you're saying, man. <laughs> I wish I knew. Yeah. Yeah. We were actually talking about you. I, yeah. That's uh, what, that's, I think that's what you said. I think that's what you said. I, we're talking about how bad of an equipment guy you were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that's cool. I mean, I, I have a chance to work with my best friend, you know, I would have been best bud for over 20 years now. And, and now we host a show on RDS uh, prime time uh, Wednesday at, at 7 PM on uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, and then I work as a player agent also for CA creative artist agency, Pat Brisson. Yeah. It's, uh, my, uh, my agent, uh, all of my career, uh, since I'm 16. And when I, I came back from Russia, I didn't know if I was going to keep on playing or not. And he said, if, if you think about stopping, I'd like to offer you a position that does uh, player development, being part of the CA team. And I, I, it's fun. I, you know, I take guys here, whether we recruit here in Quebec, where uh, me and Dominic and Andre, we recruit guys, or I do some development with Cole Caulfield now that just got to the, the Habs team. So uh, try to make him comfortable in Montreal, Tyler Foley represents. So it's cool. Oh, like right now, awesome. today, I'm doing marketing for them, you know, trying to find them cars for next year, stuff like that. And, and I, I watch it, but the job sucked this year in a way because you're in front of your computer. Yeah. You know, the yeah. COVID are in Quebec, the rinks are not open. Uh, you know, you can't bring guys to restaurants. The restaurants are closed. So the reality of the job this year has been pretty uh, more boring than what it is uh, yeah. normally, you know. It well, sounds like outside know, of COVID, it's a pretty good gig. Yeah, It is. It's fun because exactly. I went to see, uh, you know, Caulfield right before COVID, like in, in Columbus playing Ohio State. And, you know, you, you try to, you know, talk to Tony Granato, which was my ex-coach. He was his coach in the Wisconsin Badgers. So, you you know, it, it's a fun, it's a fun gig. Well, you, you develop guys. It's like coaching in a way without having, without having flexibility in my schedule and without being at the rink every day for now, you know, it's, so you watch tapes, you watch live game and you can, have you tried this, this, uh, change things up, talk about confidence. I do a lot of spirituality with them also, like try gets guys to meditate, to do nice. breath work. Uh, I, I got some guys, uh, John Uduya. Uh, started a, a breeding center down in Stockholm. Uh, it's called Hale Center. So now I'm getting certified uh, certified breeding instructor with them. So I got some guys on that. Uh, nice. you know, we did a Zoom call with 60 of our players. Uh, learn to breed and stuff. So it's it's these are all stuff that you know gets me going and and try to like make these young athletes realize that they're more than just hockey players and there's something after it. You know, that hockey is not who they are, but what they do. And then after that, crap, they'll retire. They'll be 30. They'll be 28. They'll be 22, 35. But the life's just starting. 
and you, you know, or else like you, you've played and it's, it's so that that's the part of the job that I really enjoy. You know, if I can get a little bit of influence and in, in their future and their well-being, crap, uh, it's, it's, it's the little satisfaction that I get doing that. Well, Max, like I couldn't honestly, I'm not just bumping your tires. I, I couldn't think of a, a, a guy that would be great at doing that job because you're, you know, you're a well-liked guy. You got a great sense of humor. You're, you're easy to talk to. I'm, I'm sure these guys love like having you for that. Cause you're, I mean, you're, Thank you. you're well, funny. You're, you're a funny bastard too. I, I shouldn't <laughs> tell you that because you're always picking on me, but, uh, but seriously, like that, that's a, that's an unbelievable job. And especially for you, I think you'll, you're going to be great at it. And you, you probably already are. And, and you know, it's funny. You watch Caulfield bury a few like shoots buck a lot like you, huh? Like, I mean, all <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. Holy cow. He can shoot the puck. Oh my God. Know? He's having a good start with the Habs. It's fun. It's, this is the cool stuff. You know, we got him like a, a free suit that like, you know, uh, Sunday, like I said, a guy get, get him like, you know, all the guys vaccinated and everything. We got to say that stuff now, yeah. but you know, the, so he got all Taylor suit and he's so uh, uh, appreciative of it. You know, as right. I put myself like when I was 20 years old, it's cool things like that. You know, it's, it's fun. Welcome to the show and, and let's go do what you do, you know, be comfortable around the ice to, to, to be comfortable on the ice, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, like he, you got him a suit. Christ, you guys have been in the league five years. You get excited when you get a free t-shirt. Oh, oh so <laughs> yeah. see him gave his t-shirts <laughs> yeah, and hats. Right. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, the rich get richer, boys. They, oh, <laughs> I tell you, Nasty, these hockey players, we would just like the free stuff. I know, know. it is cool. Hey, I liked it too. I like getting uh, the free stuff too. Hey, thanks for the hats, by the way. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, I got to send you hats. You're right, I do. What should I send him, Riles? Penguins color? I I don't know. I think I'm going to go to so just get you you black. Get you black. Black, yeah. Um, But Riles uh, Riles is uh, big on the, the breathing and the meditating and stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. That's uh, that, that's awesome that you're doing that because to me, it's like, well, it's a, it's a lost art, um, but it's like the future of performance, right? I, I actually saw a, a pretty nice article about Duncan Keith and he really attributes his longevity to breathing. And I, I don't think that every team's adopted this yet. You know, yoga is one thing, meditation, you know, meditation is obviously a part of yoga, but the, you know, breathing. I look back on my career and I've talked about this before. I remember fighting and like holding my breath. Like I was like the, the best shape, worst shape guy, you know, it was like, it was cause I was <laughs> and breathing, you know, I was never taught. And you look at UFC fighters and fighters in general, and there's a, there's a huge focus on breathing. Right. But I mean, I feel like in hockey, it was just kind of like, we missed, we missed a super important ingredient. And, and, you know, it's nice to see that you're doing that with the young guys. Cause to me that between that yeah. and meditation, um, that's like the future of performance. You can use it for so many things. And like you said, you, you, we don't know how to breathe. You know, yeah. everybody breathes through the mouth and stuff, but we're supposed to breathe by the nose for purifying, for, you know, yeah. there, there's a bunch of stuff. You can do spleen contraction. So you can use it different, like you can relaxation after games just to yep. be able to calm down instead of yeah. doing sleeping pills and, and beers, you know. Yeah. You learn how to breathe. I think it's way healthier. And you can do it in activation, just whether it's pump breathing, you can do different stuff. And I think one of the things I enjoy the most as a retirement is you can do expo- like profound breathing, you know, and doing like, you know, the Wim Hof is one thing, you know, but you can do like the longer Wim Hof where all the voice and the freaking matrix, the noise that you, you get, you can just take it away. You, you, you get so deep in the breath work. It's, it takes a lot of work, 
but your subconscious talking to you and if you just be able to relax and visualize and so to me there's so much values into all this and and even like it's crazy like uh, because guys you talk to them about most psychic you talk about meditation it's vague for them. They don't have time. They, they, they judge themselves because they suck at it. They're like, ah, oh, crap, I don't like it. They, they try and they, they feel like they're not good at it. Well, you can't be bad at meditating, but still. So when you make them do breathing and breath work session and, and just a whim off session at the start, and for them to be able to quantify and count how long they can hold their breath and how long, you know, there's a rhythm and stuff like that. That's what hockey players are used to. So sure. you get into kind of competition. Oh, I can get better. I can hold it longer. And then they get to it. And then they get the extra meditation at the end where you yeah. just relax. Your body is itchy. And like, oh, this is what meditation is. Yeah. So, so for people to start, it's the best way to start to meditate just by doing breath work. And, and Johnny Duya, you talk about Duncan Keel. Johnny Duya, you know, he, he was that guy that in the off season is that, well, he would work out. But, uh, you know, he would go in Bali and freaking – in the oriental like space and the, he would try different stuff and he would come back and, and he would use it as, as an athlete. And, uh, and now he's really in, into that stuff. And I think it's just, uh, it's just great for, I, for, for being for, for, we talk about athletes and performance now, but I can talk to my mother-in-law I can talk to my brothers. I can, because right now with the COVID and let's be true, like, yes, uh, people are getting vaccinated, but uh, I think they'll, they'll be uh, a lot of issues coming up after in the third wave by just the mental third wave of well-being right. and freaking, I mean, I'm talking about here in Quebec, the, the depression and, you know, we, we have 10 women that died in last year that got killed, you know, so Jeez. kids and stuff. So just, I feel, uh, yeah, we will all need a little bit of uh, wellness and, and learning how to breathe and be still. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's something that interests me. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, like you said, like the performance element, but just like the well-being element and, and most athletes are just wired to always be in competition mode that, you know, like you said, like it's difficult to, for people to understand meditation because in meditation, you're essentially ceasing thought or you're trying to right? I mean, and, and, and most people just don't ever do that. Right. So they're looking for something to do. I think the breathing it gives you something to do, right? I mean, as you yeah. actually concentrate, you're focusing on the breath, the, the retention of breath, the exhalation, you know, the whole bit. Um, then you say like once it, once it's all said and done, you can kind of just find that stillness at the end. And essentially they kind of just fall into a meditation, but what an amazing thing to be teaching the youth. I mean, I, I've done some hockey camps where I was, you know, te- you know, doing some meditation and breath work with, with like youth hockey players. Um, but it's not taught anywhere, right? I mean, it's not certainly not taught through the hockey um, programs, but, um, you know, like I say, it's the future. It's like, it's ancient. And, uh, you know, if more guys thought that way, it would again, maybe prolong their careers a little bit more again, making them better athletes. Like there's, I read a book called breathe. You probably read it. Um, but you know, like the fact that you could actually increase your cardiovascular just by breathing, you don't have to go do yeah. the extreme grunt work and stress your body out so much when you can actually increase the cardio by just sitting still and then breathing. So a lot of amazing, you know, attributes all around there. So props to you, because to me, there's a few guys doing it, I see, but um, until, you know, organizations adopt this and it's actually implemented through player development and strength and conditioning. I mean, they're miss, they're missing a huge opportunity to. Yeah, I, I think so. And like I said, in relaxation and visualization is in, in deep breath working for spirituality and, and, you know, like it's, it, it's not all the, the, the well-being of, of doing this for an athlete. Uh, 
you're totally right. You know, meditation, yoga, whatever it is, nutrition, it's so performance now scientifically, but it's ancient, but it's new. It's the, it's the future. You're so right. It's amazing. So <laughs> from, it's, uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. You went yeah. from the Broad Street Bullies winning Stanley Cups, drinking beer. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, here we are talking about <laughs> mindfulness and, you know, yeah. recovery, all these things that were completely ignored. But yeah. I mean, again, there's so much money in the sport and, and sports in general. And, and guys put so much uh, stock into training and the resources that they put into it. Like to me, it's like if you're not doing these things, you're going to be left behind, you know, yeah. because that's where we're at. Uh, it's the amount of 100 percent. And it's crazy because it takes time, too. It takes passion. It takes it's so much more work than what we used to. We worked hard to get to where we got for sure. 100 percent. We work as hard as the guy beside us. But I feel now like the kids and the parents, like it's so much more you know, time consuming with all these new yeah. things, right? The kids yeah. eat well, they train, they have personal skating coach, stick handling coach. It's it's nuts. I see at the rink, I go to the ring with my son and it's just like <laughs> exhausting. Yeah, I, don't know. It's, it's exhausting. I have Maxi, I have uh clients that come in and their kids, you know, are better than I've got a handful that are like good players that are already they're 14, 15 getting going away to play already, and they've got they got the nutritionist, they've got, uh, you know, weightlifting, you know, their workout stuff, like you said, skating, shooting. And I'm not kidding you. I mean, the parents are spending so much money, oh, man. Nice. And, and I, and sometimes like the kids come in and I'm just wondering, like, does this kid want to play baseball this summer? You know what I mean? Like, does he, yeah. or, or is he, is he that into it? That, you know, that's cool. Obviously I don't, it's none of my business. I don't ask, but it's crazy. Like you said, well, if they like it, to, like if they like it sometimes because we all talk about intense parents and stuff and we we see them around on the rink and I, I feel like we saw it even more during COVID because you can rent like quarter out quarter ice here in, in Quebec and you would see always the same parents which it's crazy because the level of play will do this it was already at seven eight nine you see that it's doing this but now with the COVID you'll see the really intense parents that rented ice they'll go like this so they'll be they'll there's not going to be like average players yeah. you know like you, you won't get there's only going to be elite and the rest i feel uh and that's from parents commitment the guy the parents that had time that had the money the resources yeah. to get bring the kids to the rink uh but it, it if the kids like it i say good for you you're you're being part of your your kid's passion i guess if it's done healthy but my wife just was was uh, she did a documentary on figure skating she, she was to in the olympic uh, yep. my wife since and it got on TV last week here in Quebec. And it was about, you know, they, they, they interviewed seven ex-professional figure skater. And so unhealthy for, you know, the way that it was done. You know, yeah. a lot of them had, had, had food uh, issues with anorexia, bulimic, right. like uh, the, the pressure of the coach. That it, it was just, it, it brought to light how unhealthy that this sport was. And my wife was part of that. And she... It, she she expressed her past because of to, to help the future, basically. Yeah. To help, like, yeah. And there's a way to do it in a healthy way. I, but what saves hockey, I think in a way is that you go to the ring and you have your buddies that saves you, That's you true. know, you yeah. can share experiences and be there and, and talk about them. So the coach, it's tougher for the coach to bully really one player as for figure skaters. You're always with your own coach. And right. she, she, the parents just bring it to the rank and you pay a lot of money up to like 20, 30, 40 grand per year. Jeez. And then you put your trust into that, that coach, but she's going to use all the, the, the mental 
thing to motivate you and then but it's 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 whatever it's unhealthy i think in sports yeah. in general i think sometimes you have, you have to do it for fun crap yeah right that's right yeah especially the kids man yeah yeah oh man um so <clears throat> you ended up playing in russia Ivan Provorov wanted me to ask you about playing the locomotive. He said, I just got a phone before we got on here with you. And he said, make sure you ask him about playing there. So I like, what was that? What was that like? You know, you've been in NHL your whole career. You go over for a few years. It was nuts. Russia was just awesome. And I'm so lucky. I had like, a, I just talked about my wife and, you know, when we, I finished in Boston and then up and down Providence, Boston, my last season. And I, I didn't want to do that with two kids, you know, not being sure if you're up, down, up, down. So I got an offer from, from locomotive and, and my wife's like, let's do it. She, she's been in Russia before. And she's like, let's just go, let's just go and live this experience. And she really pushed me. So I'm lucky I have someone that, that knew that was there and she, she was willing to do sacrifices to let's go, let's try something new. So I went there by myself two months during that crazy Russian, really military camp, you know, cause yeah. the camps are, are nuts. It's really what they, you know, up at seven for 10 K ma 10 K run. And then you, you go in your room at 8 PM and you just work out all day. And it's just, you know, twice two ice session mixed with three gyms and it's, it's crazy, but it, you shut your brain. And to me, I, I like that, that kind of like, a, just when it's very tough and demanding, I, I just, I, I was, I, I was just part of the experience. So I enjoyed it. And I was, I went there saying, if I don't like it, I'll just come back. But as soon as I got there, I, you know, you, you're there with four other imports, which it really bonded, you know, as a, uh, Stefan Cronwell, the brother of Nicholas, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, Petri played a little bit and, and two other imports. And we just bonded and the Russian guys were just awesome. Got there, you know, it's just get in the room. And I was crazy personalities. My guys on the ass in the shower and be like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, like started <laughs> yeah. screaming at me in Russian. And I was part of the team, you know, like, yeah. like the first night out, you know, I, I went and drank vodka, the bottle with them. Uh, sign karaoke in Russian. I didn't have any clue. And the rest was just like, I, I was Russian not like that. You know, you, it was like, yeah, part of it, part of the room. You, so it, you, it I, you could, I think you could fit in anywhere, man. You're, you're that oh. kind of guy. You're a, you're a room guy, man. You're, I saw that in a two and a half, well, two and part of a third year yeah. uh, with you. So I can just imagine you being <laughs> there. And, and we actually spoke to Christopher Stieg a couple of weeks ago and he got to play for a couple of weeks with your stuff there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I he, told, he did the shingles. He said, you looked at him and said, dude, what is wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> like, poor guy. His experience, you know, and it's, I feel like when I talk about Russia, I talk about with, with a lot of passion because it was so great to us. Yeah. You know, it, it was really, we, we were my three kids. They went to school there and, and everything. And it was, it was really so great. For, and I feel like, subconsciously I, I try to you know uh, kind of because you hear a lot of bad stuff about Russia you know Ryan Whitney came out and spinning chiclets and he's like this 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 and then Chris experience was not great but to me it was so good that sometimes I'd start to be like it was amazing down there people were great the culture was fun uh we learned a lot from that culture actually like just the Russian guys like they were just great they did they, they, you know they, they made you feel part of the team and uh, they, they work super hard. They want to, they want to be good and really just good values down there. So uh, we, we lived three years of just, uh, uh, we learned a lot. A lot of times you just, I was Patrick Conchilla and how many times it just, 
take it and like it and just it's part of the experience you know sometimes they're like what like we're yeah. skating like 10 laps like morning skate you're like why are we doing this <laughs> always like take it and like it just, yeah you know <laughs> just, it's part of the experience and that's you have to go there with the right attitude and uh, you know that's what we did and it, it worked out very well that's awesome. no breath work for the russians not yet, I guess. We, <laughs> you bring we it, smoke, bring it smoke back a over. lot of shisha. <laughs> that Kalyan. That was uh that was the breath work down there, I guess. But you know, it was just uh the restaurants and, and everything. Uh it, it, it was uh it was a fun time. I can imagine. Yeah, it's, it's it sounds like it's a mixed bag of reviews, you know. It, it sounds like you guys hit it um big time. The, you know, especially bringing your family over there, which is you know, a lot of people yeah. don't do. No, yeah. but you have to you have to choose your teams when you go there. You know, right. you can't just go there blindly and you know yeah. whatever. Uh, that, yeah. yeah, it's like I I called all the imports, called the coaches, called you know, and did you play there? X players, and we we like locomotive was just a one, and Omsk was just a one. They're they're wealthy team that take care of the players, and it was like NHL. You know, it's like except the first trip you play in China, it's ten hour flight. <laughs> That's <laughs> like you're like whoa, what's what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it, it was a small NHL, and and uh, it, it was very valuable for uh, as an experience. We we had uh, Chris Grat, uh, Chris Grat, Josh Gratton on. Uh, Gratz was on with us, and he played over there. But he played for that guy that's a rodeo that carries the guns. Yeah, well, I mean, and your boy Dar, and your boy Darcy Vero was over there for for a while, right? Like he played with Darcy, right? No, I didn't play with. Dusty. Oh, you didn't play with him. My bad. Him. Yeah. Oh, okay, he was in Scranton. He was probably after. I think he was. You. Uh, I think it's before. before. Oh, before. Oh, before? Yeah, oh, my bad. My my bad. Before you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they, um, they, they, this was the team where they get bonus for every fight. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He, I heard he, rumors he, about he, it. He told us a couple of. He said this guy was crazy. He basically say you gotta. I want you to grab the goalie and pound him, or you're not getting paid, or something to that effect. Right, Riles and. So he said, I'm not grabbing a goalie. So he grabbed some other poor bastard and just <laughs> beat the shit up because guys. The owner's got guns, man. He's walking around with guns. Like he's Billy the Kid, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's some of that in Russia. But, <laughs> you know, I I never felt threatened once. You know, we'd walk yeah. in the street with the, the, the stroller at 9, 10 p.m. Like, yeah. it, it, and for us, the, the owner, he was a friend of Putin, the first, you know, first owner in Yaroslav. And, you know, we had some good talks, some really good conversation. And uh, he... They're very, very proud people. Yeah, and they're straight, and it, it's it's gotta work. And yeah. it's uh, you know what? I, I respect that. I respect that. Yeah, that's that's Proby's hometown. That's why he wanted me to. Ask. He knew you played there, so he wanted me. He wanted me to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you win a cup, man. Not only do you win a cup, you score two goals in Game Seven. Talk about a dream come true for any kid. I don't care if you're American, Canadian, anywhere you are to play in a Stanley, to play in a National Hockey League. But for, for you, you get game seven, you two goals, man. Like, what a feeling. I eh? like what like it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's still surreal, you know, but take away the two goals. And I it's really about just winning the cup to start. You know, yeah. like, yes, I, I was lucky enough to, to, to perform in the big game, you know, like, yep. yeah, it, it's great, but we win the game two, one and since quarter two goals, it's, it's the trill is the same, right. You know, you're right. Stanley cup champ and, 
and game seven and you go out there and you, you feel like you're, you're, you know, because the first goal as a hockey player, every year you put an objective and at one point you get junior, you get drafted and you're like, okay, I want to play one game. I'll remember my, when I, I, I got that and, you know, I was, you know, at the Mel Arena and you're going to play the first game of the season, you get a locker room, there's Sid, there's Mario, John LeClaire, <laughs> you get in the locker room, you're, you play against the Devils. That's the first objective I feel for every hockey player, like you playing on the show, you know. Then after that, you're like, okay, what's next? Well, it's the win of Stanley Cup. So, uh, you know, 2008, we, we got very close. You love, we lost game six in the finals. But 09 and 7, you win, and it's just like, okay, like you achieved the, the biggest dream. Like, you yeah. know, you play in the streets, whatever. And then to, 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 to live that emotion with your family. My parents were there, my brothers. It's just, I, I feel it's, uh, it's what you play for, basically. It's, uh, and after that, you're like, you know, a week after, you're in Miami with Sid and Malkin. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. You're like, what's next? What's my new objective? What's my new dream? You know, it's like, oh, yeah. let's go with another one. You know, yeah. and it's like, it's, it, it, the, the goal changed. It's the, but, uh, to be able to have lived that with, with, with the guys and it changed your life really it changed my career. It got me a five-year contract with the flyers all yeah. because in, yeah, right. in big part it's, it comes uh, back in the days. It was, uh, it, what have you done? You know, they would sign all the guys too. It's free yeah. agent. It's what have you done? Not what are you going to do? I think that the, you know, the, the, the contract has changed in the, in the league in the last couple of years. And it's for, I think for right reasons, for the most part, you know? Uh, so yeah, it was, it was thrilling. It was amazing. I couldn't imagine, man. And and then you do something no one expects. You sign with the Flyers, man. I mean, and, and including like us that didn't know you were going to do that. When you know, I remember someone telling me, "I'm like, wait, wait, wait." But Max Talbot, <laughs> this, this guy, yeah. like you know. And and I got to say this, Riggs, this guy. The first time I met Maxie, you know what I'm where you know where I'm going, Max. I go over. <laughs> we're at the practice rink. It's a day off. We're at the Penguins practice rink. And I'm going over to see the equipment guys, Tags and uh, Dana, Heinze. And I walk in and there's no one around. All of a sudden, Max comes out of nowhere. No shirt on, flexing. He's like, oh, flex. You were flexing. His hair is, <laughs> he, had, he, had the long, he had the long hair, right? He had the long hair. And, he, and he's just looking at me like he wants to, like, kill me. Because I'm like a mid. Like, what the hell are you and doing he's in my like, locker? He's bigger than me. He's bigger than me, right? So he's, like, looking at me. And I'm like, hey, man, what's up? You know, and he's just like. Like, give me the head nod. I'm like, this guy is a dick. All right. I'm like, hey, is it a Dana or uh, Tags anywhere around? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, good talk, bro. I know. I'm kidding. He's man. got like, the Flyers gear on. It's the battle. Yeah, what, yeah. what am I doing? I'm going to go. I was, what I really was doing was going to go look at your lines for that for the next day. Right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but I was like, I was like, this guy's a dick, man. And then I fucking meet him. And well, I hit it off right away, and I'm like, I love yeah. this man, and and uh, I know why you're a, a favorite everywhere. You even here, you come from Pittsburgh here, and the fans loved you, uh, your style, the way you played. You're just hard nosed player. Christ, you put you put 19 G's up your first year here in Philly too. You had a really good year, and it's it was one of my favorite year. You know, like as much as you know, I spent six years with the Penguins, which. You know, when I look back at my career, it's like I'm, I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins, in all honesty. And, and for fans like that, that are watching this on YouTube, you know, I got the Penguins shirt, but I, I just got to show that the Flyers there also. <laughs> yeah. You know, just for, yeah. just for fans watching, you know. Uh, so it, it's like, yes, I'm a Penguins deep down because I won. And that, that yep. changes, you know, it's like, you, 
you know, even junior, you won a championship. We still have a group chat with all the 2009 guys. But as soon as I, I, I signed with the, the Flyers that year as a free agent, it was a very tough decision. But I came there to win. You know, I had other opportunities on the table as, as a team. And I looked at the lineup and I'm like, where am I going to? If I leave the Penguins that every year I have a chance to win, where am I going to go? Right, right, and and the Flyers was my pick because you know I, I wanted to win. I believed in the leadership, and that summer they signed you know Yags mm-hmm. and uh, 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 Brizgalov, which was you know it didn't work out as it should have, but he was the biggest free agent on the market that summer. Uh, and, and that year, I tell you, we, we had so much fun. We beat the Pens in, in the first round. How great was that? You yeah, know, as a Flyer, I mean, like, especially that I know. series was freaking amazing it was like it, it was nuts and like you said you know scoring 19 and i felt everything was you know just yags was just amazing that year too you know yeah. he was in the zone he was playing with rc and, and g and i feel like it, it was a very very good the energy was great around the team that year it yeah was cool. it was it was awesome and and uh us end up playing them and remember the the, the shit show before we even got to the playoffs. I mean, it was, it was nuts because we played them a couple times at the end and we already knew we were playing them in the first round. And I mean, yeah, we've talked about this with other get the other people we've had on, man. What That was crazy. I, I can't imagine like you going from, you know, you've been in Pittsburgh your whole career with, with that organization. Now you're on this side of it Ugh. and you're even getting into it with, with friends, you know, like, and there's no friends really when you're playing a game, but they're friends, you know, yeah. it's, it's, well, it's I, wild, man. I would get into scrums, you know, and, and just old guys. I, I was not going to, I mean, if it would have happened, I mean, I, we saw brothers freaking fighting or, you right. know, like, yeah, it, yeah. I would have went for it. Like, but still it's, it was, uh, it was harsh. And when Sid said, you know, I, I don't like any of these guys in that dressing room. And, <laughs> yeah. and seriously, that hurt. Like, I was like, come on, man. He was pissed. He was just pissed, man. Like, was I was like, come on. We played six years together. We have so many memories and you don't like anyone in that team. So, but still, it's like, you know, so I, I, I was, I became a flyer. And I, I, that's when I was like, you know, I, the first day I got in the flyers, right? Yeah. Room, I, I was one and. And when I came back to Pitt, that first game also was December, I think something uh, when they did that little stuff in the Jumbotron. And yeah. that to me was like, okay, now like I'm a Flyers. The fans in Pitt kind of accepted it because they were clapping and yes. tribute. Like, so I was like, I, I can just go on from that story, you know, because right. yes, it's, 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 it is a story. It's a story that people create and everything. It's, but uh, uh yeah, it was not easy to take that decision. But at the same time, I just, it's, I, I always like a good challenge. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it was awesome. And, and, you know, along with you, that's a really hard decision for you. And and think about Yogs too. I mean, everyone expected him to sign in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and I remember him doing an interview and saying, sometimes, uh, you know, it's not what you think. It's, it's a challenge. And, and, you know, I, I feel like this is the place. And, and like you said, we had a, we had a great year. I thought we could have, I thought we were going to do a lot more damage. I think we got yeah. a little cocky. Maybe, you know, like we, we, we had the, uh, you know, we win that series and then we go to the concert with, uh, what do you call with the, uh, I can't think. no, 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 no. The, uh, we went in between cause we had like four or five days. So we went to see that uh, the Canadian band, uh, Oh, uh, Nickelback. Nickelback. We go to see Nickelback. <laughs> everybody, everybody makes yes, <laughs> They pull these guys up like him and Shinner firing water guns yeah. into the crowd. Yeah, 
it like we won the cup, you know, like, uh, that, had, that had nothing to do with us losing. I'm kidding. No. But everybody was like, oh, maybe we got a little cocky. But we, we went up one nothing. We, we won in overtime. Danny B scored a goal in overtime. And then uh, we got swept <laughs> after that. It was five yeah. games. I mean, but then the, the Devils went to the finals. Yeah, they did. Against, they, you know, it wasn't like they were a bad team either. They, yeah. they were a good team. No. But I, I, they were not supposed to be that good. You know, that's the thing that got like they played so well defensively. They were not that flashy team. Like, how did we lose against the Devils? It was yeah. very disappointing. Yeah. But then they ended up going to the finals. So you're like, okay, that's why we lost because they were a good hockey team. Yeah. But yeah, seasons like that is disappointing. You're, you're, you're right. Cause we, we, I feel after we bid the pants, we're like, like you said, we're invincible. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I just thought you guys, we had a great year. I mean, we had a great yeah. year, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you remember we did the, uh, the outdoor, the thing where HBO was following us around. I want my, my son watches that. I, I, I've, I hear it all the time because he's just watching it. And one of the things I was going to ask you about was, uh, was Lavi. You know, he was, there's a, they, they were showing a scene where we were in Dallas and he's just losing. He's like, I want you to rip your fucking hearts out, you know, and he's good. And they go over to you and, and Reno's sitting beside you and you, Reno looks like he's 16 <laughs> and they show Simmer and then they go over to Yogg's and he's just like rubbing his eyes because <laughs> lab he's losing his mind. But um, what would you think of Lavi? Like, you know, he like, he really liked you. Uh, yeah. Well, I enjoyed Lavi. I think it was a great motivator. And for me, to lead the Penguins, which was a very, very, very structured system. You know, like when you see guys getting traded, the, the Pittsburgh, when, when Dan Bosma was there, it's always very tough to get guys at the trading deadline and try to, to have success. James Neal had trouble scoring, you know, Kovalev, like in, yeah. in those years, they have Morrow after uh, Douglas Murray. They signed a bunch of guys, like, and they could never really have success because it was a very, very – complicated with a lot of details system i got to philly that first year and you know you sign a five-year contract and you're like you feel and you know that they sign you because you won and because of your leadership attribute and you get there you're like how can i make a difference you want to you know, bring what they signed you for and at the start it was really like okay like you get into a locker room that already has their leadership group you know what artsy was there and and prongs was there that year and g and you know everybody was there and it's great chemo and and you try to fit in and then you try to bring up your stuff and it was, it, that year was amazing and lavi was there but his system like we said it was my career year scored 19 yeah. that year yeah yeah but for me it was the release of really being structured so i was like okay i got a little bit more liberty you know yeah. sometimes it's good to have a structured system because you play faster because guys know where it's going to go but sometimes it's good to feel that you can create and, and be free and to me it brought me back to maybe my junior years where yeah. you know you score 100 points i i had a little skill not as you know you know the high skilled guys but i was able to score that year yeah. and and being in position with, with G on the PK, scored a bunch of PK goals. And, and sometimes, you know, I got power play shifts. And yep. so it was more of like a freedom in a way after having all this very, very structured role and system playing fourth, third line in Pittsburgh. Got there, played with Voracek most of the year. It's one of the best passer in, yeah. in the league, obviously. So uh, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed Lavia. Yeah, I enjoy his, you know, uh his speech and his motivation and you know he, he was a fun coach to play for yeah i i enjoyed him too i like he we, we talked about this a few weeks ago him bringing in like a box and set it in the room like whatever's in here you know if you 
you you're the best after this five games and whatever you know and everybody's like what the fuck's in this box this time you know and, he's, <laughs> and like Ryle said he gave us maybe he gave us all snuggies or whatever them damn things are called <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. those things for Christmas like what dude what do you do are you up all night watching infomercials like <laughs> the only place you can get that stuff well but, you know what Nesty what I've learned is that the rink should be a destination you know, yeah, it yeah. should be something you look forward to and that you'd be excited to go. And that's what he brought. You know, he, he just brought, he was comfortable with himself. His wife was very involved too with yep. the wives and stuff. And yep. you make it fun. You make it like something to, something new, something to look up, look forward to. And, you know, that's, uh, that's he sometimes like, are we bantam, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. or like midget or junior? But no, it's like, cool. It's even like, we, we all love free, free stuff and, yeah. you know games and you know Dan Bosma was a good example in Pittsburgh we had mustache boy for shootouts yeah, right. oh yeah yeah that's right yeah you need to create that kind of, of fun stuff to like you know make it make it fun if it's always the same it gets it gets you, you don't want to feel like you're going to work you yeah. Like yeah you're going to play a sport in the game that you've you've grown up grown up like watching and wanted to be part of I think that's what Lavi brought I, yeah. yeah, I agree, man. He even he even made it fun for us. Like I I, I loved. I've said this before. Um, I loved his pregame speeches, man. I like wanted to play, and I, I don't play <laughs> hockey, but I was like so fired up, man. Sometimes, like, and it was like it seemed like they were never the same either. Like it was always something else. It wasn't like he was going in saying the same damn thing, kind of the same uh, message, but always in different ways. And I just thought I used to get so fired up, man. Yeah. <laughs> you don't play your first shift this way, you're not going to like your fucking ice time, you know, like it just, and you know, like just his intense. And, and we've talked about this too. I used to remember, I used to give him the, those pills and, and he had the Red Bull Red shots Bull and shot. freaking eight, eight cups of black coffee from three 30 till the game started. And some, some nights, you know, like he would ask me for one of those pills. <laughs> they were GNC pills. It wasn't like it was drugs, but it was just like a workout thing. And the guys would be like, stop giving him those fucking pills, nasty. He's fucking <laughs> losing his mind. You know, like, leave the refs alone. The puck drops. What the fuck? <laughs> He's yelling at the refs, you know. He gets yeah. so red, man. I used to love, like, when you, whoever would score a big goal, he'd fucking lean in and hit me. Like, damn near dislocated my shoulder the first time he did it. He's the big man. He's not that small. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was passion. There yeah. was yeah. passion there. And they, most coach, that's their biggest attribute, I think, you know, it's, it's passion for the game and it, these guys, they just love it so much. And for them, it's, it's, it's their life. That's what coaching, you need to be passionate. You need to yeah, be put in the hours and, and, and be in there. So he, he was great at that. Yeah. You, you, you talked about a couple of things there, uh, Max and nasty about, uh, you know, his unique coaching style, you know, just keeping it loose, having fun. But the one thing I thought, uh, you know, I liked about Lavi that I'd never, not that I was an offensive guy by any means, but that no coaches that that I really have that ever really emphasized such an offensive minded play. You know, you said you're so regimented being in pit and most teams are so structured, like just so overly structured, that it almost inhibits some offensive guys like to, to, to flourish, like you said. So I think that's why Lavi has success. Every team he goes, he almost opens up this can of worms where the offensive guys can just be as creative as they want. As long as, you know, you bust your ass back on any you know mistake or turnover, you kind of like turns a blind eye where some coaches are so dead set on. If you turn that puck over, you're not going to play where he just like allows guys to make mistakes, which like you, you mentioned it, like it gave you confidence to play and, you know, and, and kind of go back to the way you were 
you know, one structured in junior hockey or just kind of like, just play and be creative and yeah. have some fun with it. Yeah. It brings you liberty and confidence. And yeah. you know, a lot of guys have, have good offensive season, not like the most skilled guys. And, and it's, it's fun to be part of that. You know, it's, a, it's a release of, okay, it's, it's a game. You, it's a game of mistakes. And if you have that trust from your coach that you can turn it over, well, you try it on the blue line, you'll, you'll try it. And, you know, it, it, it's going to work most of the time. If it doesn't work now and you come back and bust back, it doesn't cost anything. Well, it's just going to give you confidence to do it again after. And, uh, and I enjoy that from, from Lavi. Yeah. I think there's, there's players. And, and I know there's a couple uh, here in Philadelphia, like <clears throat> that, you know, like Jake, like Jake, he's a playmaker, man. It, it's hard for Jake to get to the blue line and dump it in. And I know sometimes you have to, I know there's times in a game, I'm not stupid. I, I get that, but, he gets a lot of shit around here for, well, he turned it over. Well, man, he's trying to make a play. You know, if it ends up in the back of your net, it looks worse. But if it doesn't, you kind of got to live with guys like that. Like you said, like he's an, he's an elite player. He's an elite passer and he tries to make plays And you know, he's not the only example, but I just, you know, it's like you said, you felt better because you were given a little bit more freedom. And in like, look, you scored 104 points one year in junior. And I know, you know, a lot of guys, like you said, a lot of guys put points up, but you, you do have skill. You, I don't care where you're playing. You put 104 points up, you do have skill. And yeah. like, like you guys said, it, it's probably a good feeling as players as you guys were that, you know, you could try to make a play. Yeah, well, it's, it's a balance. To me, you have to give guys liberty. Like a, a McDavid, you know, he, he has a, a tank of energy. And where do you want him to spend his energy? It's in the offensive zone where he has the puck. So, if he's going to give up one because of his lack of, you know, he had a basic there or he cheated a little bit there, well, he's going to give you three because he cheated the, the, yeah, the next time. Exactly. But, it, it, you know, you have to – not everybody can do that. And right. you have the role player that needs to know when to do it. And at the end of the day, you, need that McDavid, you know that McDavid, when time comes, he's, got, he's going to come back. Now he's playing in the last 11 games. I think he has 30 – well, in 12 games, he has 33 points now. You know Insane. what pace is that? It's 240-something points if you played 83 games. You know what the record of the NHL is? Wayne Gretzky scored 216 or 10 points. So on the pace he's out of the last 12 games, and I watched him last night. He played against the Habs. and Both sides of the puck. And it's a game that doesn't matter to them. They, they are you know, right. at, at the second in, in the North Division. So he, he is playing the right way. He just doesn't have anybody else to play with. <laughs> but that's something I said, dry saddle. But meaning that, you know, he, he doesn't have the support. So he needs to do everything every night. But uh, to come back to that, you know, liberty of how I felt, same thing in, in Pittsburgh, let's say. But when you have your leadership that most of the time will do the right action. And if he messed up, well, he's going to come back. But not only that, if once in a while he goes and hit him hit a guy or block a shot or that brings so much energy mm -hmm. to, to the rest of the guys, you know, like Sidney Crosby. We, I mean, I know in, in Philly, we, everybody hates him, but God, he, he plays the game the right way. Oh, right. He, yeah. He's, he, he he's doesn't awesome. just play the skilled game, right. He's, he's gonna play. He, he could be the best penalty killer in the league. If, yeah. if it was his role. Right. Yeah, he, yeah. He's aware and, you know, he, he's around the net and he, he, he works hard. So when you have that kind of leader and for, for that amount of time in Pittsburgh, it's contagious. And that culture, leadership is not just when he's on the ice. If you're strong enough as a leader, well, when he's going to leave in five, six years, hopefully 10 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
when he's going to leave, because he's such a good and strong leader for so many years, that culture would stay in Pittsburgh for a couple of years after that, yeah. you know, it might dissipate after a while, but you know, that that's the role of a good leader, but uh, you know, it's uh it's what he brought to Pittsburgh and who did he learn from? It's Mario Lemieux. He already right. had it in him by, you know, playing Ramuski. He was already a great leader, you know, but then Mario Lemieux, you know, he lived at his house for five, six years. So yeah. obviously not a bad uh, mentor. No, exactly. You know, <laughs> he does it the right way. Good, yeah. good. Two good, really good men there too. I, I was fortunate enough to like, um, kind of get to know Sid a little bit. Not obviously not like you, but, uh, the last few years and, I mean, that guy, what a nice dude, man. And I, I tell people, you know, people are like, oh, look, I'm like, dude, you don't understand. This guy's one of the <laughs> nicest people I've met in hockey. Like, he gave, he's given Elvis two of his outdoor jerseys. You know, he gave his stick the first time he played against Conor McDavid. It had a sticker on it. He signed it for Elvis. I mean, he goes out of his way to do things yeah. for people. We have a we have a kid here that was um that was hurt this year uh, really bad. He broke, you know, broke uh, his neck. And um, we re- I reached out to Tags and uh, – you know, other people did. And, and I think three days later, uh, he pager had a, a Sid Jersey signed and he wrote him a handwritten letter. And, you know, Sid doesn't want anyone to know that, but yeah. that's the kind of guy is it literally was in the kid's hands in two to three days, wow. you know, and his parents, his parents were just falling. And they were like, I said, well, it's not me. You know, I call it tags and tags talk, you know, and all that stuff. But uh, like Sid, just an unbelievable person. And obviously one of the best players to ever play the game. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll miss him when he's going to leave. You yeah. Know, like even for, even for Flyers fan, it's, it's part of the history of the, the last 15 years. Yes. Yeah. You know, part of it. And we are very, very lucky to be able to witness that in, in our lifetime. You know, it's like Wayne and Mario and, yeah. you know, every era has, but, to be able to witness and watch this guy play right now, uh, even if you know he's not in Philly, but uh, it's part of he, he was part of a lot of the, the the Flyers' history indirectly. With you know, I remember like when the Atcher got him. You remember like yeah. oh my yeah. god, like it, it was nuts. But these part of the memories that you know yeah. that the Flyers fan have from from Sid, and it's it's part of you know Cry Baby and this and that and yeah. You know that that's what hockey is. It makes it fun to go watch a a, a Penguins Flyers game because there's that rivalry and because he, Sid is there and G is there and it's yep. like it, these were good years too and you know we witnessed that. Yeah, I mean, you know, going back to what you said, your your first game, man. I can't even imagine like you you walk into a locker room and and you got Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby sitting in there like what like that's just got to be like you got to pinch yourself right like holy yeah, shit, well, man. I was not super impressed by Sid because he was three yeah, years younger yeah, than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It was his first game, also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but he was a rookie like me. But uh, but as for Mario, you know, he's yeah. the magnifique. He's he's such a such a legend, and and you know, just having a chance to to go out there and, and eat at his home and and you know, being part there, he would invite you know all the French Canadian during camp. Also, when I was like eighteen and nineteen, I was still playing junior, but during camp, he'd bring us all French Canadian, you know, to his house and <laughs> wine and you know the the memories from the cup party with my brothers, you, you know, whatever. My parents drinking wine in the wine cellar, Mario, and and these are you know, he, and Mario's got that aura around him, right? He's, yeah, you get in the room and. You, you don't even see him yet, but you know there's someone important in the room. He's got really that aura. He's taught everybody else, and mm-hmm. and, and yeah, it's it's really uh, it, this this city got lucky. 
you know, yeah. Yeah. have them and have them oh, by the man. team and save the franchise and, and yes. build a new rink and, and, and being around the, the, the rink, sitting always at the same seat in this box, watching the game with all these rituals and routine with, with Pierre Larouche. And, you know, that they watch the games and they, they really care, right? Like there are superstitious and Natalie and his wife. And, and as a player, you, you feel it too, you know, yeah. like, you know, he's there and he's watching. And so it's part of the culture and, and it, it, uh, it makes it great. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, what a pro all around. Can't imagine being around uh, someone like that regularly. You know, I think you probably seen them probably more than well, I say I was around Ed Snyder and stuff. But you know, having someone, you know, you grew up like watching and you know you idolize and the whole bit. You know, so you're not just a great hockey player, but a great human. So uh, yeah. obviously a, a great leader. But I was going to ask you when you first drafted by Pitt. Was there an, an initial conversation of uh, of your role within the organization? Because um, I know you spent, I think, the, no. you know, the first year there in 0405, which is the lockout, so there was no NHL going on anyway. So you're able to play maybe a little different role, uh, but then eventually you, you work your way up, and then and then you kind of found your niche. Was that was that communicated yeah. to you pretty early, or is that something you just had to kind of figure out? I was pretty lucky that my junior coach, uh, Benoit Grou, is the head coach of the Syracuse Crunch right yeah, now, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the farm team of uh, the Lightning. He was, uh, he, he was a hard coach, and he was, I was his captain for two years, 18, 19, and we said it before, I was a point getter. Uh, first power play, I was on the ice for 25 minutes, and, and I, I, I made the World Juniors that season. Uh, and you look at the, the roster, you know, Sid was there, uh, uh, Coburn, Carter, Getzlaff, Perry. We, we had an amazing team and we lost in the finals, unfortunately. Uh, uh, Flurry was our goalie. But to get prepared for that tournament, my coach was always telling me every time I do a, uh, you know, a bad defensive play, I would cheat for offense. Max, you're not going to play in the NHL because you have skills. So already that mindset of, okay, I'm, I'm good, but maybe not good enough to do points in NHL, like uh, being a highly skilled guy. So he put that mindset in, in, into me. And then I got to Wilkesbury, you mentioned it during the lockout. And Michel Terran was my coach. And for him too, it was about becoming a professional. I was roommate with Alain Ashwedeen. That's oh, yeah. assistant coach. Now, yeah, uh, beauty. Great, great man. Great man. Amazing guy. So we bought a house together and we, you know, I, I was 20 years old and we bought a townhouse in Wilkesbury and uh, we sold it about three years ago. We owned it for 10 years and uh, we sold it for the same price as we bought it for. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great market. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, for, yeah, great real estate. Great move. Uh, I lived in the house for like three weeks, right? <laughs> and we, I owned it for 10 years and we didn't make really anything on it. But still, uh, so I think it was, it was great. And that whole year you you learn to play pro without the pressure of being called up because there was no hockey in, in the nhl so all the young guys were were there and the, the penguins sent all their prospects you know flurry ran whitney colby armstrong and we had an amazing season <laughs> it was so fun you know uh paul uh, paul bisonette was there the next year and matt Merrily and we, we had a blast you're running you ran into a buzzsaw there in the playoffs though <laughs> uh, you ran into a buzzsaw in the playoffs though we lost the, the Phantoms. The Phantoms. That's true. <laughs> I feel Spectrum, right? Uh, we ended yeah. up beating you at the center. Yeah. It was at the center, the final game that we won okay. at game six, I think. It was six yeah. games. Well, we won against the Bridgeport in seven. Yeah. And then, and then uh, yeah. we lost against you guys. 
Yeah, we, uh, we ended up winning. We ended up winning that year, but we had a good team too. You guys did have deal. a good. You guys had a good team. They're not a big deal. Um, <laughs> one thing, Max, it's, it's probably not a great uh, memory, but it wasn't like you got hurt or anything. But I'll never forget, and I feel bad I can't remember his name. The radio guy in Wilkesbury, Tom Grace. So Grace, oh, I, yeah. I can't believe I forgot his name, dude. I used to like turn around like during a game for like 30 seconds and it's once in a while to watch this guy's calling a game and he's just got the arms <laughs> going and he's fighting when guys are fighting, but to hear his call, I don't know if you heard Jack Edwards last night. I don't know if it was last night, but some, Oh, uh, who's the fin on uh, uh, the Islanders. Uh, he's bounced. He's been around. He played Toronto. Oh, my God. What's it? Yes. Yeah. So he, well, he goes skating by and he kind of, he butt ends, I guess, uh, pasta, P- Pasternak, but, and he goes down like he got shot from the top of the, you know, and he, and he didn't even hit him hard. And Jack Edwards is losing his mind. Oh my God, it's a five and a game. And, you know, and he like barely touched him. But anyway, reminds me of Tom Grace because uh, <laughs> there was, there's a, there was one episode where, where we're playing there and Francis Lassard went to every player on the ice and, beat the shit out of <laughs> any guy he could hit. Remember that Riles? It was when Litz fought Quran. Well, that was before, uh, that was before I was there. Yeah, it was before, but oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay. So anyway, if you're listening to it and Lassard's landed about five punches to someone and he's going, and he's saying the screen guy just lands. All right. And I'm like, well, it's a good thing it's on radio because <laughs> it's not what's happening right now. But there was one time where, um, I didn't obviously know you yet, but um, there was a big fight and we've had more guys on the ice and you're, <laughs> I actually oh, kind of felt ben bad Eager. for you. Ben Eager. Eager Eager yeah. Oh my and, God. And, I'm still uh, hurt from that. Oh my God. <laughs> my head still hurts. So I actually kind of felt bad because it wasn't fair. Obviously he's outweighed you by fucking 30 pounds. Yeah. He's a big no, 130. <laughs> yeah. But he the, was a big guy. He's a big man. And, uh, and, uh, he, um, Tom's calling it and he couldn't even, there was nothing he could say, but he, his comment was, and Max Talbot is getting absolutely fed by Ben Eager. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I thought he'd be going, Tom, let's throw it. He's hanging in there, but you couldn't even get a pie. I mean, if, if God bless you, man. Like you no, stood there. You it was a scrum. Turtled. You could have turtled. You didn't. I couldn't. There was a scrum. And like you said, it was, so the refs were everywhere and I, Ben eager and he put me down and he was nice enough. Like he, he punched me down actually. And then I was down and I remember just grabbing his leg and crawling back up. And I remember, and I've, I've met him in some kind of prospect game or something from junior. And I remember crawling back up. He's like, Maxie, what are you doing? Stay down. Stay yeah. down. He was polite enough. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't dude. I can't. I just, I, I couldn't turn all right. So I got back up and he looked at me and he was just, you know, I was a rat. Like he was yeah. way too strong for me. And he just grabbed me again and like, he felt bad. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> again. So I, at the end, he just left me and he kind of pushed me away. Like skate, go back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Skate back to your bench. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of the bad ones. Yeah. That was, that, that wasn't good, but I just got, 
such a kick out of grace. Like he always had your guys backs, man, but it was just nothing he could say. I mean, no. there was nothing. But he goes, Max Talbot is getting absolutely fed. by Ben Eager. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Holy shit, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you guys had good teams and that was, a, that was a good rivalry too. Yeah, uh, it was, you know, as far as American league goes, I was a real, that, that building was packed. Oh yeah. Uh, in Scranton. Christ, it was packed in warmups, man. Yeah. I, yeah. It was one of my favorite places to go because, it was always a, a huge rivalry and both teams you just hated each other really. And that was, you know, but uh, I, I had to bring that up and it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair for you. And I, I, I'm not like making fun, but I just thought it was funny how grace uh, that was the one time I think he was yeah. honest in, yeah. in, in his call. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that year, I, it was, it was a kind of great timing because it's your first pro year and you have a chance to play in the a where it's kind of your caliber right you don't play against all the superstars it's all prospect and remember against bingo too we had great rivalry bingo was i had a great team that year right yeah and mcgrath yeah. on the on the on the red line and you know with the hair you oh, looked like oh, the God. undertaker the scariest man i ever played against i think you know it was just you had ray and ray like it also like in the, in the net <laughs> right. just, like walking the red also i've never seen that i'm like dude like calm down just, just hoping you probably that line so so that was great and then the second year i was lucky i got a camp and and we we had shane endicott i got hurt chris beach i got hurt so a spot opened and uh and and uh yeah, i started the year so the, the timing was great and michelle terry got the job when eddie old chuck got fired and the yeah. first movie did i thought he liked me he sent me down to the minors yeah. <laughs> for like two weeks he's like you're partying too much go back down you're, you're partying too much yeah. what's that place you got you took me to in pit what's it it was above your mario's 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 yeah i lived right behind mario's which was yeah not yeah. a good decision but it was no decision. no i'm kidding i'm kidding decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun yeah, yeah right yeah good times oh man that's awesome I was going to ask you when, uh, you know, when you got traded out of Philly, um, well, your, your initial thoughts of it, I don't think that was expected, but uh, how, how it was in Colorado, that must've been a, a nice, nice place to play. It, it was great, but you know, it, it's kind of a surprise. The second season, you know, it was the lockout year yeah. and then you yeah, came back right. in January. So you came off of your best career year, you know, go play in Finland and got to, to Philly in January and it starts really fast. Right. Uh, and we had a bad start. We didn't, you know, yeah. we, we lost a lot of right away. We're like, we're not going to make a playoff. And then uh, I remember having that conversation with Paul Ongren, uh, you know, Max, you know, a lot of team, teams are calling for you. Just want to let you know that, you know, we're not going to trade you. And I was like, okay, you know, but I feel like I was not convincing enough or something, but uh, he called Pat after is like, it's Max wants out. I'm like, no, but he, he didn't seem convinced. I'm like, I don't know. We had a conversation, you know, and then I <laughs> broke my leg the next day, the day uh-huh. before the train deadline, I broke my leg. And then, uh, so I played only 35 out of 48 that year, missed the playoff and uh, 11 games in the next year. Uh, that, which was again, a crazy camp where a lot of you get fired after three games, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. The job. Yeah. So it was a crazy camp. We lost a bunch of games and exhibition, you know, we went to, what was the place we went to camp like in, uh, Oh, Lake Placid? Uh, yeah. Lake Placid. Yeah. Was it Lake Placid? Yeah. So, so, uh, then 11 games in, I uh, got traded to uh, Colorado, which Patrick Wall was the coach and we were a bunch right. of French game in there. And then the assistant coach, Andre Tourigny, uh, Kind of came to get me out the PK. And uh, yeah, Colorado was great. We had our first, my wife was uh, 
eight months pregnant when we got traded. And we just bought a new house and, you know, like kind of painting the baby's room. And then, hey, I got to meet the team in Dallas after 11 games and I'm leaving this afternoon. So she got stuck with the baby and, uh, well, not the baby, pregnant. Came in Colorado and then uh, that that was very cool to live that. Like you said, it's a cool place to play, a cool place to live. I mean, it's it's one of the best places in in the world to live, I guess. You know, like... practice rink you know you got the golf course and the mountains in the background it's all healthy you know it, it fit with us uh really uh so we got our first kid there and uh, played there uh, uh 15 months and they got traded to boston yeah. after that so you know just good memories you play you, you know like you're lucky man like uh you, you played for uh, four different teams i believe um all good all good places man like all good cities you know some guys get sent off <laughs> I mean, not that, not, not that it gets Winnipeg, but like, you know, you, you're like, oh man, it was just the weather probably. What's wrong with Winnipeg, Ness? No, hey, I know Rouse, <laughs> Rouse, Rouse is from there, but you know what I mean. I don't mean oh, anything. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, that building's packed. It's one of the most electric buildings in, in hockey. It's smaller, but I mean, that place. But outside loud, the hockey man. rink itself. And but outside, you know, it's like, ugh, you know, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hazy kind of, Hazy kind of said yeah. to us, man, he goes, he was like, dude, it was different, man. He, you know, uh, he said yeah. he loved the fans. He loved – they acknowledged – I can't remember exactly the – he said they did something really, really nice. They all stood up and did something when he – his first shift. The whole building stood up and clapped because they had traded for him at the deadline. And uh, he said that part of it was great. But he's like, man, just – I was used to walking downstairs, walking, you know, in New York City, going to get a coffee, hanging out. He's like, man, it, it was summer and it was snowing. <laughs> you know, we're in the yeah. playoffs and, and I can't go anywhere to get a coffee. He says, I'm in line. And the guy says, I don't know about – some guy in front of him, oh, did you watch the uh, Jets last night? And the guy's like, yeah. He goes, I don't know about this Taze guy. And, and Hayes is yeah. standing right behind him. He's, he's like, uh, yeah. But anyway. Small market. Uh, yeah. yeah, but, but you, you know, you, you, Boston's a cool – cool place obviously yeah. a, a organization in Colorado but you got to play in some pretty cool spots man yeah well it's it's funny because looking back at my time you know leaving the Flyers is like in Philly I feel fans are so passionate the media also very intense you know when you're in when you're into it you're like crap this is you know it's sometimes it gets a little like negative or it's oh, over yeah. the top and you're like but then when I went to Colorado the, it's funny, but the first thing I missed was the pressure of Philly. Oh. It's playing into a really real hockey market. You know, right, yeah. the Penguins was one thing, the Flyers was another thing, but then you go somewhere else, then there's two beat reader, uh, two beat writers after practice or games, and you're like, come on, like That's you, you go Where's home, the rest you of forgot them? if you won or lost, you know, like you're yeah, meaning that it's it's easy to kind of get your mind off things, which is positive sometimes, but when you like the that pressure and you like the, you know, you, I feel like I miss that, you know, I miss yeah. like, you know, being kept uh, accountable for, yeah. for, for the win and loss. And, and uh, so, you know, but living there was just amazing. I would, I would move back there tomorrow with, with the family and yeah, you know, uh, without a second. I've, I've heard uh, 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 Pierre Belmar is there and he was like, this is like, what a place to live. Like he loves yeah. it too. And I've never heard anybody, say a bad thing about yeah. no, be honest no, no. with you man Organization uh, yeah um it's funny you say that about <clears throat> the the media like you got the florida panthers one of the best teams in the league and you and you barely hear about I, I don't know how many beat right like who's covering them like that team they're good man I, i'm sure you you pay attention to everything but you know being 
doing your TV and all that, but like, there's a team that just kind of slides under the radar, yeah. man. Like, and, and, and they're one of the best in the league. I don't know who knows what's going to happen on the, the Tampa and them playing. Like a it was a, they had a shit show last yeah. night again. I mean, I think that series is going to like be really yeah. good, man. One of the most exciting series. Yeah. Cause they do not like, Washington. they don't like each other, no. man. Those teams right now. And it's, it, no. I think it makes it better, you know, like, that rivalry yeah. man well you have to i feel like you have to play you have to have two competitive teams to have rivalries and right. rivalries right. will That's be true. created in playoffs also if you yeah. can be two great teams during the season you play against each other but if you never play against each other in playoffs it's tough to build a rivalry yeah. you know so <laughs> this year they i feel it's one of the first year that they're really becoming rivals because they're in the same tier they're 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 the same level right now, but when a team is way better than the other one, you can't be rivals because you're not equals. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, true. And, and now having them knowing they'll play against each other and playing against each other for the top of the division, uh, it's it, it's exciting. And I think it's great for hockey in the South also. You know, like hopefully yeah, I agree. the fans in Fort Lauderdale will, will wake up and, and go to the rings because it's, yeah. Uh, and it might be one advantage in, in playoff for them to not as open ranks and, and, and fans because they probably would have been, you know, more Lightning fans than, you know, yeah, Panthers yeah. Fan in sure. the Panthers building. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's great for Rocky South. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting how this playoffs rolls out here. And I do – I actually really did appreciate the, uh, the, the divisional play. Because you haven't seen that type of rivalry for, for like you said, like for a long time. Like you almost think that – that you're in the playoffs some of these games there's more fights than there's ever been but you know between like just the, the annoyances of covid and then having to play the same teams over and over and over again it's really built up a nice little platform going into playoffs so i'm actually yeah. kind of excited to see how this playing thing plays out yeah there's some good and then also like for covering you know the habs or whatever you're like crap can and, and we're lucky because we see matthews and mcdavid often by one point like ottawa freaking eight nine times <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Vancouver, like, yeah it's like come on like it's it gets long because yeah. you, you create robberies but at the same time yeah see, it gets yeah, I, it'd monotonous. be fun to see sid and to be you know cg and to be mckinnon and to For see sure. all the other teams that's what's cool there's a diversity uh but but still it's great to see matthews mcdavid like i mentioned But it's time that playoff starts and they yeah. play for something, uh, something real. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Right on, Max. Well, we appreciate your time. We're creeping on an uh, hour and a half here, so gotta get you back. He's, get back. He's to your a family. busy man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get back. He's to got some pod. breathing to do. Some. So you got to talk to Cole today. Get some pointers on shooting the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, seriously, got to go see my wife, my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> got a lot uh, to do. No, thanks for your time, guys. It was uh, very cool, you know, going back into memory sometimes. You know, you, you forget. I Sometimes you, I dissociate myself completely with a hockey player I was. You know, you're like, that's another life. You know, you don't, you, you move forward, you evaluate, you do other things. So sometimes yeah. it's, it's great to look back and just remember and, Remember how annoying nasty was, you know, <laughs> like, you know, sharpening the skates, but uh, all good. It was a great time. Yeah, man. I, I, I enjoyed you so much. You know that, man, we've stayed in touch and uh, you're, you're a great guy, man. A great teammate. Boys love you everywhere you were. 
So we, we I'll really. I'll send you money. I'll send you your check, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Put an extra zero on it for me, man. My contract, my contract runs out in two months, I think. So. <laughs> no, yeah. but but seriously, man, we, we really appreciate you joining us, Max. I know you're busy, man. You got a lot of stuff going on. That's awesome. Yeah, and thanks a lot for the, the hats and, and gear you sent me also. I appreciate it. I promise you, it'll go out today, man. <laughs> You're not the only one I owe stuff Priority to. Priority I know, man. Max is my man. I will. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Thank you, Ross. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, Max. Good seeing you, buddy. All right, brother. Take care. Take care. That episode was brought to you by Settlemeyer Skate Sharpening. For all your hockey and skate sharpening needs, visit SettlemeyerSkateSharpening.com and Body Check Wellness for the weekend warriors looking to help with recovery, inflammation, and any sort of nagging pains, visit bodycheckwellness.com. And want to thank our awesome guest, Max Talbot, for spending the time with us today, Nast. It was a, a great uh, conversation. Nice to see Max again. Uh, what a good guy, good human. Nice to see him doing really well. Yeah, he is. God, he is one funny bastard too. Like he... He's a great guy, like you said, man. A great career, man. Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, he was uh he it was just so funny. I think we talked about it, but like watching him when he was with the even the penguin, the baby penguins in Scranton, you just couldn't stand the guy. Oh, but, I remember. But, but you know you would <laughs> you know you would take him on your team. Oh, of course. He was, he was an effect that he did his job. Yeah, really he well. Pitched the other team. Everybody wanted to kill him. It's like, you know, we talked about when Ben Eager ended up grabbing him. Yeah, he, and did it with a smile a on his face too, right? You can smack <laughs> yeah, him yeah. Back around. And... Oh my god! And you know, one thing I I, I forgot. Well, we I kind of made a, a gesture to yeah. him, but I remember you know when we were in the playoffs there, and he fought and he he got pounded. Yep. And then he did this to the car bomb. Car bomb yep. uh, fought him, and he did this, and I'm thinking, dude, dude, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's three nothing, and then. Oh my God! What happened yeah. after that? And, and you know, people are like, "We well, should have never fought him." Man, I hate to blame that on us losing the game because I don't think that's the reason we ended. Yeah, up nine times out of ten, it would never gone that way, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Marty, Marty Mar, Marty uh, Biron, our good buddy, he had a he had a tough period <laughs> right after that happened. And uh, but but anyway, Max was uh, awesome and just a God. He's a funny man, really funny guy. Yeah, no, I, it's uh, it's nice to see him, you know, kind of grooming the young, you know, up and coming players uh, with his knowledge. He's been there, done that, and he's got a really good personality. and And it's nice to see him kind of being progressive with this, not, not just being a an agent or a representative, like legitimately helping these guys out and and, and get ahead yeah. of the get ahead of the game and get ahead of the curve uh, with some of these training techniques and breathing and then the whole thing he was talking about there. So, uh, he looked good, man. He looked like he was in game. He He did. He does. He looks good. And, uh, honestly, like he is, if you think of, if you know, Max and you think about like, it's a great job for him, man. Yeah. Because he's, he's, you know, he's a smart guy for one, but he's a funny guy players. He's the kind of guy, like he makes it easy to talk to. So yeah. if you're a player and he's your agent and plus he's doing all the little things for these guys, like you said, helping, like he, I couldn't think of a, of a better guy than him, man, because he, he, he just knows how to communicate. You yeah, know? that's exactly and, it. Uh, and, and he's not too far removed from the game. So he gets it. Um, he kind of 
played in both eras almost, you know, his, yep. his first year was, you know, kind of when things started changing, but uh, you know, he's a little old school. He had the old school in him um, yeah. as well. So uh, it's, it's a good, uh, I think that's a great job for him uh, being an agent and doing those other little things. Like you said, he, he, uh, he'd be very, very good at that. I'm sure he's going to have a good career with that. Yeah. And, 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 uh, the RDS thing with, uh, Bruno, you know, another yeah, awesome, awesome thing. Man. It's like right in his wheelhouse, you know, he gets to have some fun with his buddy and, uh, get some airtime and, you know, stay in the yeah. game and that side of things. So two, you know, two things right in his wheelhouse that certainly play into the hands of his personality and character. So yeah, for sure, man. For Good to sure. see. All right, Nast, that wraps up episode 21. Huh? Yeah. 22. Well, uh, 22 yeah 22 man and uh we'll start uh talking about some playoff hockey unfortunately not with our boys but uh still going to be interesting and uh we'll have some stuff coming up for the people knuckleheads yeah for episode 23 we got a big dog coming back on so looking forward to releasing that yes we do you guys take care have a great week stay safe and we'll see you next week Stay tuned. See you, knuckleheads. See you, knuckleheads. See you later. How he's got to steal Sotomayor Skate Sherman. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.